And we're here on the k Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio, Mike O'Hare, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Lions football. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. As you can tell, my voice is very refreshed now after having a, a couple of weeks off. But uh, I'm back and ready to get into it. And it's actually football we can talk about now, no off-season work. We're talking about some actual on-the-field work. Well, sort of, okay. So, well, sort of. I mean, they're on the field. Over, they're on the field. No, we're not selling a training camp, but they're on the field at least. And it's not theory that we've been talking about from January to draft. Now we actually no, see them. Right. In motion and on the field. You actually see balls in the air and guys competing yes. in the ball. Now, yeah. we haven't done one of these in a while, so there's a lot of things that have happened in the last week. There were some OTA days, which we were able to come out and see for a couple of weeks. And then the mini camp was this week. And I think there's a day Monday that will be open for the rookies. And then that's pretty much it till training camp for sightseeing, I guess you would say, Mike, right? Well, yeah, that that's it actually until training camp. I don't know how many – I don't know if it's rookies only on Monday, but probably some other young players will be there. But, yeah, that's it. And after that, they split and come back on sometime in July, late July. Right. Now, also over this time, we've sat through a lot of the interviews that they've had for the people that we were given during the uh, OTAs and during the minicamp from golf to Jameson. I'm a, okay, let's get it out the way now, man. Uh, who's writing the Jameson William is a is a kid column for the day, Mike? I mean, geez, how many times are we going to ask this kid these questions? That is the one thing that has bothered me the last three weeks. Okay, we addressed this situation, Jameson Williams, then the, you know, the whatever, blah, 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 blah. Man, every, every draft interview starts off with, well, what about Jameson Williams? Have we reached the point now that it's the Jameson Williams all the time now? Well, everything that I've seen and everything I've written hasn't been a lot in the last, well, this week, you know, four days or whatever it is, is about what he's done on the practice field, and he stood out. I didn't, it wasn't not so much on, the, what was it, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tuesday didn't really you know, do anything eye-popping, but Wednesday and Thursday, you saw what they're, they're getting their money's worth. The, the kid's got, he's got, he can ball. Well, there was no question about that. I mean, look, yeah, nobody said he's going to be Jerry Rice. But I don't think there was any question, was he a talented player? But th- this whole synopsis of the, the, the immaturity and the betting and the, uh, the kids 21, 22 years old, they're all immature in a way. And just they well, have to grow, man. He's not like the kid was out looting banks on the offseason or something. Yeah, geez. Nobody wrote that he was rooting back. No, but they were talking about how he needs a role model, and if you don't get with him, he'll be the next Charles Wright. What? Come on, man. Really? Are we doing this? Are we doing uh, well, this? Well, I'm not. Uh, right, but are we doing this really? I mean, look. I, I it's, had, like, look Kenny, it's, it's like other things. It'll blow over. And you know what? But, if he doesn't get in any, any corn, if he doesn't get in any more trouble, it'll be for, it may not be forgotten, but it'll be less and less of an issue. And it'll be less and less of an issue, Kenny, as more guys get caught gambling. Okay? That's yeah, okay, but Mike, Mike, yeah. in the realm of things going on with this team right now, is that the number one issue with this team? Well, I don't know if it's number one issue, but it's a number one story. And not it was a number one story it. when it happened. It was number one story after he talked, which he talked yeah. of a couple of weeks ago. It's not the number one story now, and it's not the story we lead with every day. And for people to get and another thing too, even on the field, like you said, he's progressed since the time of the OTA started to now, and it's the reason why, because he didn't even go to training camp last year. 
He's still not going to be the story the first six weeks. The rest of the team is going to be the story the first six weeks. The, the quarterback's going to be the story. The uh, running back's going to be the story. The defense is going to be the story. He's not the story. He's not the number one story. But yet, we have to be thrown into this every day. Jamison Williams watch. I, I'm just, I'm, I, I find it repulsive. I'm sorry. I just do. Well, I don't find it repulsive. Some of it might be overdone or there might be too much or too much focus on him. But not everybody gets there on the same day. Not everybody has, a, has the opportunity to write on, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, when they choose it. They write it when they can. And that's, uh, if I'm defending the writers, then so be it. But, but it, 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 is, it is a story worth mentioning. He's a player that people care about. Care about who they want to hear about him. And so you're fulfilling, you're, you're fulfilling the fans' needs to know what's going on with a very important player who really – People, he's he's been in the focus here in Detroit for a year and a half now. Because keep in mind, he was here last year too. So people want to see him. They want to know about him. Not arguing that at all. But as yeah, I said, are. it's not the number one story now. He's not. It's nothing has changed well, it's, it's from the time the he was suspended. Are, There's nothing has changed from the time he was suspended until today. Nothing. There's no. But no. Nothing's been added. Nothing to the story. He's able to practice. He'll play, do training camp, and then he's sitting for six weeks. Nothing's changed. The story you wrote three weeks ago is the same. Is still good today. So all that part now on the field stuff. You want to talk about that? That's a different story. I'm talking about the off the field stuff. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, you've been talking about it for six minutes and right. I agree. So six minutes too long. It's, it's just that's that's my pet peeve for the day, and we'll move on to the pet to, to the OTAs, Kenny. You've exhausted your peeves for the month. Well, you are not allowed to have another peeve. Put it like this: No, they I'm still, they still, case. they still could use another receiver. From what I saw, and we'll get into that in a minute. And I'm talking about Mr. Hopkins just waiting out there for somebody to give him a big money offer. Kenny, every every oh, you know what? Another player gets waived, and Kenny Kenny Brown wants to sign him. You sound like Dan Miller. Dan Miller. Dan Miller has called me the king of the waiver wire, and I, I, I you are uh, the king of waiver wire. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, to me, Michael Heron, and you can phone in on this or chime in on this. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad yeah, because I might cut you off at any time. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the key to this season is going to be the improvement of the defense more than if the offense can stay top five in the league. I'm, the offense, to me, is going to score points regardless. Even if they're not top five, if they're top ten, they'll score. The, the, the success to this season is going to be how good the defense plays, if they're a bottom ten defense, a middle ten defense, or a top ten defense. No, I don't agree with that. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I mis- misspoke. I don't disagree with that. I believe I said that. I don't disagree with that, Kenny. I think you've uh, you stumbled onto something. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and well, I'm, I'm with you. And look, we've talked about this before, too. I agree with you. Now, do they have to be, you know, 11 angry men or any one of these, you know, any of these other legendary defenses from, from years gone by? Look, the league's not set up that way anymore. You're not necessarily going to win games with defense, but you've got to be able to play it, and you've got to be able to play it when the game's on the line. And I think we'll, we'll see how much they progress, but they've done the right things in the offseason. Yeah, and looking at the way they've uh, played in the OTAs, and like I said, it's, it's pajamas, as um, Coach Campbell says, but still you can see some things out there. And the things I have seen is that Aaron Glenn – 
is going to be a lot happier this year because he has a lot of pieces he can move around. And this is the first time since, to me, the Caldwell defenses in 2014 and 15 or whatever that they've had a lot. Of, matter of fact, the defensive backfield is better than that 2014 backfield to me overall. But I just think that he has pieces he can move around now. So I see a lot of potential in the defense. I see a lot of potential in Aaron Glenn. No, I would agree with that. Uh, I don't know about the pieces moving around, but but I, I agree with that. I, the, look, they added three key players in free agency. They added one key player in, in the draft, the second round draft, at Brian Branch from Alabama. Uh, I think he'll, I think he'll have the toughest uh, toughest role breaking in because they're, they're going to ask him to do so many things. It's hard for a young player, especially in the secondary, just to break in on one spot, let alone perhaps three, you know, safety, uh, nickelback, and cornerback. That's, that's an awful lot to, to assimilate. And really, as a rookie, it's, it's really going to be hard. But he's a, he's a really good player for the present, but a better player for the future. Yeah, and that's the best part. And I told you about the draft when it was coming up. They had pretty much got everything they needed in free agency and, you know, the young players getting better, that anything they got in the draft is a bonus. And I still feel that way. The Brian Branch pick, like you said, you could tell he's going to be a good player. But he doesn't have to be a, a great player this year or a good player this year. He just has to contribute because they've already got those you know those um, positions covered. Now, if he gives you that extra bonus, that's fine. And he'll be nice depth. But if he didn't start, you know, usually a second-round pick, oh, my God, you got to throw him in the starting lineup. That's not the case here. No, and, and, and one of the things that's, that's probably the easiest to, to – to, to make a judgment, whether it's right or wrong, to make a judgment in the, in the passing game because the ball's in the air and people have reacted to the ball and all that. It's a lot. In other words, just as a writer and as a you know, fan or whatever, it, it's a, you really have a better chance to make evaluations in the passing game. Like, like I just said, you see the ball in the air, you see the wide receiver and, and the defensive backs you know, compete for the ball. And, and so there's really some legitimate action. There's no tackling, there's no contact really, but, but there is one-on-one, you know, uh, competition, and I thought that I thought on both sides of it they showed out pretty well. But I thought the secondary really had had a nice three days in the mini camp. Well, they're definitely going to be more aggressive, and they definitely are going to be a chirpy, and they definitely got an attitude they're playing with. And even though Tracy Walker really, you know, just was taking it easy through these last couple of weeks and not full go yet, but you can tell he, he's red, he's almost there. The, the the attitude that that secondary is taking now is going to be great when the season starts because you can just tell that this one of the they wanted to trip they remind me of the old Benny Blades uh Ray Crockett days and though that secondary William White those guys were chirpy but they but they they knew they were good and could play that's the way attitude wise I see these guys I mean I, I, I couldn't dis, I could not disagree with that and then just one thing too I think it was Tuesday I think it was Wednesday that Jared Goff did his presser and, and you don't really get this very often but to comment about the other side of the football, but somebody asked him, and it was a good question, asked him what he thought of the Lions secondary since he's going, you know, the way it's been reworked, what it, what it looks like to him, uh, played against it, you know, for, for, you know, you know, two and a half hours a day for three days. And he said it's, he called it a lot stickier, meaning that there's a lot less, there's a lot less area, uh, you know, shorter or smaller or uh, narrower windows 
and and you could just tell that the the, the coverage was tighter too. But he used the word stickier. I thought it, I thought it was appropriate. Yeah. Now to go with tight coverage, you got to have since we're going to stick on defense. You go with tight coverage, you got to have a pass rush so those guys don't have to cover all day. And I still right. feel, and even though they didn't take a D end in the draft, and really they got so many now that's a good guy might get cut even because they're real deep, that I think they're going to have a very good pass rush. And they may not go with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles of last year, 70 sacks, but I got a feeling they got a lot of guys that they're rotating in and out and can put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. The only position that we were skeptical of was the tackle position, and I looked over these last couple of weeks at the tackles, and um, I think they're adequate to a little better than adequate in that position. I think they'll be okay up front. Yeah, Lynn McNeil has taken off some weight, and but but in addition to taking off weight, he's you know he's stronger and he's like it takes a little bit. And even though you are a professional athlete, it takes a little bit, a little bit of time to become a real pro in pro football. And I think I think Lynn McNeil has crossed that threshold now. In other words, he's really conscious of this is my career, this is what I need to do, and I'm going to do it. And I, not, that he, not that he was a slacker or anything like that before, but certain things kind of come to you uh, through experience, and I think that's one of them. He look, he's, he's looked good. He really has. Yeah, it gets that way when you get ready for your next contract. So he's, oh, he's too. doing two of the same. Right. You know, you, I want to make this a career, and I want to get that next contract. Of course. And um, one thing that Campbell said about him was that he's one of the leaders in that room yep. now. He said that um, – Brockers was like passed on what he knew to guys like McNeil. He think he called him Akeem. He said, "I think he's one of the leaders in the room." Which is for a third year guy to be the leader in the room. That's good. Well, it's a young team too, so that that third year guy is with other you know second, <laughs> you know, third and second year right. guys too. So it's it's look it's a, it's a shallow pool in terms of age, but they're I think they I think they're in pretty good shape up front. Yeah. Linebacker wise, like you said, until you get the pass on, you're not going to know. But I tell you one thing, Jack Campbell, if he can't do anything else, he's big and can move around. Six five, two fifty nine. But just having a six five guy in the middle of the field yeah. on a, when you're passing, that gives the quarterback. You know, you got to throw over this guy if you're throwing around the middle. He, I don't know if he's going to start. I don't know, you know, because they're talking to Barnes now. Of course, rookies they always find their way in. I got a feeling he'll he'll be if he's not starting playing a lot by the time the season starts. But you can tell this guy knows how to play football just by what yeah. was going on. That's the only thing I can say about him right now. You, He knows how to play football. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's got those long arms, you know. And so he's got a lot of things that uh, that, uh, that really make him make him give him the potential to be a good player. And you know I what they said about him, Mike, at Iowa? And I, I, I don't know. I think I heard – I don't know if um, – Holmes or Campbell or one of the guys said, not Holmes, but somebody said this or not. At Iowa, they were considering moving him to an end position sometime and playing it. You know what I'm saying? And I, can I was looking, I can see him some downs, maybe pushing him up to end. He, he looks like, he looks like a, a little slighter Jared Allen size-wise, though. So he's got size, you know, 6'5", 250, that you could throw him down on an end if he had to, and he could rush the passer. I, I just think that... You're going to see a lot coming out of him, man. I, I'm really excited. I, I was When I first happened to him being 18 pick, I kind of a little early, but I liked him. But now I can see why they took him at 18. Well, he fits what they're doing, too. And look, if one thing Brad Holmes has proven in his three drafts now is he's drafting for the Detroit Lions. He's not trying to draft 
to, to impress his, his uh, you know, other general managers in the league on, on, on who he took. He wants guys who fit what the Detroit Lions are doing. Just one other thing, though, and it just, it just kind of plays into the, into the Jack Campbell thing. But it's not uncommon for college players, college coaches, to play players at positions that they wouldn't play on the pros. And, for example, Derek Barnes was a three-year rush end, outside rush end, before he moved to inside linebackers last year at, at Purdue. So that's, you know, that, that, that happens in college ball. Yeah. Um, and the best part about that, again, is Jack Campbell may be the third, the third on the rookie poll as a production for this first season, too, as good as I think he's going to be and is. To me, there's two rookies that probably will outperform him this year just by the fact they'll get more opportunity, and that's um, Sam Laporta, the tight end, and Jamar Gibbs, the running back slash receiver. Those guys are going to have big roles this year. I was really impressed with Sam Laporta, and before you say anything, because I know you're going to say it. (laughs) Let me just laugh. (laughs) TJ Hawkinson was was impressive, too, when he first got here, and he performed. But even though TJ Hawkinson went eighth, and I think T.J. Hawkinson was a real good player and a pro bowler and whatever. I I, I think Sam Laporta is, is is at the same period of time is equal to what T.J. Hawkinson was then. I think Sam Laporta is a little more agile in the open field. I think that. And but you know T.J. every like he he could make like three really eye popping plays every two games. You know every two practices I should say and that got an eye. Everybody was watching him because of his draft position, but but he got a lot of attention for, for that. But you know, he would he would make the leaping catches and the rolling catches and all that. Sam Laporta to me is like an oversized wide receiver. Now, I'm surprised he's only six three. I thought he'd be a little taller, but six three, two forty eight, two forty nine, and he can move. I don't mean really move. Yeah, he gets open. He runs good routes. I don't know. I haven't seen. Well, like I said, they haven't really blocking yet. So we'll see about that. But as a receiver. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a lot out of him this year. And I don't think they drafted him to be a blocker though. Yeah. And as good as he is, Jamar Gibbs is to me gonna be even be outshine him. Jamar Gibbs, I'm telling you guys right now. And I'll go up to you know, I'll go out on a limb with this. Oh boy. Let me go get my saw. I, I can see him getting eighty balls this year, man. No, not a chance. Okay, I'm just going out on that limb. I can see no, it. No. I can see it. No. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you this right now, Jared Goff, if Jamar Gibbs stays healthy, Jared Goff will be a 67% thrower this year. Well, I'm saying he'll be a 67, at least a 67% thrower because you're going to get a lot of easy passes. I'm telling you right now, with him on the field, Montgomery on the field at the same time, you got Brown when Williams gets back, there's going to be a lot of easy throws out there, Mike, if the line holds up. I'll tell you what, we were talking to uh, uh, Jameer, uh, uh, Jameer Gibbs yesterday about about uh, having a, a variety of, 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 of roles here with the Detroit Lions. He said, look, he said, I love that. That's, that's what I've always done. You know, he did it in college and he did it way back in, in high school. He had one play, I think it was on the second day of, of minicamp, where uh, they break the huddle and he's he playing wide left, outside left, motioning back right to, to the – just behind the right offensive uh, right offensive tackle, and then at the snap, back left and took a uh, took a a pitch out and just a sweeping run right through the secondary. I mean, it was really it was really cool to watch. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, very good. Now, the only concerns that I have offensively, or even team wise, 
are the backup quarterback. Oh no! And well, I'm just—it's a concern. I'm I not saying it's a—you know—it's a, a urgent yeah. thing where they had to go get a guy today. Well, it, well, it can be urgent. Well, if, if golf gets hurt, yeah. But um, yeah. that's a concern of mine. And I would say tackle, but I, Covington. I want to see how these guys they picked up, and if anybody else is picked up, you know, at tackle. tackle. If Anzarique is able to come back, he's just now starting to run on grass. He's doing through through drills. Now I think he's gonna. I think sometime this season he's going to be active. I don't just don't know how long he's going to be yeah, out. And well, then we'll see what he's got left. You know, see if he's got anything. Of, then, yeah, that'd be a heck of a, a heck of a ending to a really tough journey. Yeah, so I hope he makes it. He tried. Right you know? now, Herndon Hooker to me, Hendon Hooker. I always call him Herndon. I'm gonna start calling him Herndon. But Hendon Hooker uh, threw a little bit at the last end of one of the um, practices this week. I, I kind of watched him throw. Um, I don't think they should redshirt him this year. Whenever he's cleared, they should just go ahead. They're going to keep three quarterbacks anyway, but I'd just like to see him get in some some plays as soon as he can. And um, with the injury he had and being a quarterback, you might get cleared a little sooner than you would if you had to go out on the field and, and play and run and stuff. So he might be able to get in there a little bit in training camp. Well, that would surprise me. It would surprise but I would like to see that if all possible. If he's cleared – because you're not getting hit if you're just train, you know, doing practice. And I'm not saying he'll be the third quarterback this year at the beginning if he's active at all, and he'll probably be three all year. But I'd just like to see him be able to get some some run in, you know, some throws in with the guys in practice. And just, you know, I could tell he he's very smart. He, he learns that he looks at the game while they're practicing. He's, you know, doing everything in his mind. But to me, if he's going to be the backup, for the next couple of years, or at least you know the backup until you decide what you're going to do with golf. I like to see it start as soon as possible. Well, we'll see. Okay, I, yeah. I don't have the same optimism of him being available this year that you do. You're probably right. You're probably right. I'm just saying I would like to see that. No, but, would I like? Would I like to see him? Of course. Yeah. Any, any player yeah. that they draft, I want to see him. But it will be. A, there definitely will be a spotlight on Nate Sudfeld when we come back to camp because um, you got to know. Is he going to be able to take the load if uh, if well, golf had misses games? You got to know that coming out of camp or going well, into this camp. Is, this isn't Detroit Lions PR. He's getting it from me here, but he really he looked improved in, in this in this mini camp. He really did. He, he was throwing for Wednesday and Thursday, and, and you no know, two rainy uh, two uh, windy days, and he was delivering the ball. Now we'll say it's you know it's it's like we call it you know f- football in pajamas, but he he, he really. Through the ball well, yeah, and like I said, if that if that if that's yeah, the, the case, guy, hey, Kenny, one thing about him, he's been with good teams. He's been, you know, he's with with Washington. He was with Philadelphia. He's with San Francisco. I mean, he's with good teams, good coaches. Yeah, um, before he got here in Detroit, I mean, he was he, he had some some good training, but he only threw. Well, I think you told me this thirty five or some passes or 30, something. Like yeah, thirty seven. Yeah, completed. I think twenty five of them. So. Whatever. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know how I feel about backup quarterbacks, but just have a right. I looked at, and I went back and looked at um the quarterback from Minnesota. What's his name? The one that Miami we were talking about signing. The name just escaped me at this last second. Oh, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, yeah. his high touchdowns in his career in one season was eighteen. Who's that? Teddy Bridgewater. I, I, it yeah. wasn't a great stats when I was. I always thought he was better than that when I looked at. No. It. So, you know, is there really a difference between Sudfeld and Bridgewater? I, I don't know. 
I mean, that's not more like opportunity. Yeah, more opportunity, opportunity, but I don't, I didn't see a lot of production and I was looking at his stats. Was, okay. He was okay. You know, so we'll you know, see. So he, he hasn't signed yet. Was, so those are, it's still quarterbacks out there. Well, I think he's, you know, who knows for sure, but outside of his agent and some of the teams they might've, might've talked to, but it seems to me, and this is, this is smart on his part. Why sign now, uh, say for like 6 million a year when he could sign in, August 10th when somebody gets hurt for, you know, 15 mil or whatever, right. or an opportunity to opportunity to play at least start the season playing. Yeah. So I think that's what that, I think that's what he's doing. And that's what he should do. But, but if nobody gets hurt, now, but if nobody gets hurt, then you're going to be 3 million maybe to a team that just wants a better backup at the end of the training camp. Then you're really going to be stuck. I mean, you, you're rolling the dice. And he's really high, you know, he's really high regarded in the league as a, you know, as a good, you know, one of the good guys. And look, he's, this is what he's played. Was it nine years, Kenny? Eight or nine yeah. years? And he's, he's probably made, you know, 40, 50, 60 mil, something like that. So it's not like he's dying for cash, but, but he can he can get the best deal possible for himself and the best contract for himself, too, just by just by waiting. I think he, I think he's doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it works out. Uh, any thoughts on anything else, Brad, before we close it out today? Well, I think, you know, when you, when you – the the players don't offer this, but when you ask them, they're really kind of taken with the uh, with the interest in the Lions and the uh, and just the vibe. I think one of the things might have been uh, Taylor Decker might have said it yesterday, or or somebody else before. I know Decker talked about it yesterday. Talked about taking an Uber in from the airport, and the guy looked at him and he said, "said Well, we had to talk football for twenty minutes <laughs> before <laughs> before we landed and all before we got got to the." Got got to the uh, workout. Or, I'm sorry, the practice facility. But I think there is. I think it's, I think there's a lot of interest in the Lions now. And it's like Decker said, look, these players they deserve something. These like these uh, these fans do. And I agree with him. But they've got a very very loyal fan base. Uh, you know, if you're a Lions fan, you're a Lions fan for life. And look, it's time to give them a show. All right. Well, that'll be it for the day, Mike. Uh, like I said, that was a nice little uh, three or four week. Uh, Look, see at what's coming up. Now it's uh, rest and relaxation. Hope nobody gets arrested until training camp where these guys come back, <laughs> stay in shape, and then when they do come back, the Cad and Podcast will be back and we'll give you more inside info on what's going on. However, though, we're going to stand by for bulletin material, though. There All you right. go. Maybe by that time uh, my <laughs> man from Houston, the wide receiver, will have picked a team by then, and uh, we'll see yeah. what's going on. We'll see. I'm, I have a feeling that the market's not as hot for him as you might think it is. Well, you know that. Otherwise, he'd have been, there'd been teams all over him from the beginning. But we'll just right. see where he goes. Maybe the numbers will come down. And like I said, I didn't think C.J. Gardner was going to be coming to Detroit. And it just out of nowhere, it happened. So you never know these days. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. That's the Canyon Podcast. Mike O'Hare, Ken Brown from WJR Radio. Read Mike O'Hare at DetroitLions.com. And hear me on WJR Radio. Thank you, Mike. All right, Kenny.